Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. What I want to talk to you today about is something that um, I can feel sometimes can get overcomplicated uh, in church life. And it's something that I've entitled, because I like things simple, but Put your hand up here if you like. Th- just give me the bottom line. I-, I just, I just want simple and clear. Thank you, guys. I- and-, and I just, just give me the tools I need to make the job get done. Now, that's some of that's my wiring. Some of you may like a lot of detail, a lot of information. But what I felt this morning was, was I wanted to try and help you with some of the things that I feel. God has helped me with over the years just to live an everyday life with Jesus. You know, what does that look like practically? What does that look like every day? And we can complicate it. I know I can complicate it. You know, 10 steps to freedom and 25 steps to to this and 30 steps to that. I'm like, just give me the bottom line. (laughs) So I've called this everyday living because for me, what is the most crucial thing as a Christian that I am I am going to make a difference in this world? You know, we encourage people to make a difference with their life. How am I going to do that? But I, I, without some of these tools that I want to talk to you about today. So I just felt this was sort of like just putting some tools, tips, encouragement in our hand, because I'm a very practical person. That's why God's gifted me to do all I do in Arena Church, because I just like, I often say to the guys, it's not simple enough. It's too complicated. Let's keep it simple. Is that okay? So some of this will not be new to you. Some of this you will have heard before, but my heart, my prayer is that something this morning you can take away and say, hey, that thought was helpful. That illustration was good. Something you mentioned then is going to help me. So that's what I want to do today. So when I was just preparing for this, it sort of reminded me about um, Chris and I, uh, Chris is sort of like chalk and cheese for those of you that don't know us. My husband is at the back. I'm at the front. We're very different, which is fantastic because we normally think of things differently, which is a good, um, a, you know, a, a good all round marriage because we, we have different ways of looking at things. But we're in a season at the moment where Nathan, who leads worship here, is our nephew. He's been living with us. He's just moved out. He's been living with us for the last four, four or so years. Uh, my daughter also got married in February. And so, uh, she is also moving out this next week. They're getting their house ready. So she's moving out. And it's a season people called empty nesting. I don't, li- I don't like that thought because I don't like anything that feels empty. I'm like, God is a God of full. God is a God of the more. I am not believing for an emptiness. I'm believing for a fullness still in this season. So I'm like, God, these rooms that were once used by my daughter, my son, my nephew, I don't want them to be empty. I want them to have a purpose. I think God gives us everything for a purpose. So Chris and I are now looking at a gym room and a games room. We have this theory that if you build it, they will come. So that if we keep building all these stuff in our house, our family will still want to come back. We're thinking, Jim, you know, the family will come and use it and the, the games room and we can be a great facility for friends and family. So we don't want to be an empty nest. Is that okay? We want to be a full nest so that... We'll build something great that people will come and enjoy being in our home. But as part of that process, 
We've had a guy who's a workman, and we love this workman. I mean, he's just fantastic. I won't tell you his name just in case he ever uses this podcast. And it's not Patrick, by the way, because Patrick's done some work at our house as well. Um, This guy came around a a, a few weeks ago, and I told him what we wanted to do. I'm like, you know, we're in a different season, and we want to do this and this and this. And I'm just showing him around the house, and Chris is working away on his bike, so I'm dealing with him. After about two hours in of working out what we wanted to do, I went into the garage and I said to Chris, you are going to have to deal with this guy because I love him to bits, but all I want to know is can you do it and how much it's going to cost? I don't want 25 ways of doing the job. I just want to know can you do it and how much it's going to cost? So this is my heart for you this morning that I just want to tell you some, some practical things that have helped me. So just helping us all with what is our next step in this season. In Arena Church, we are all about next steps. So I just want you to think this morning. You know, the Bible talks about we, um, uh, we can hear the word, we, but, but we need to be doers as well. So as you hear this morning, what is God saying for you is your next step to live this everyday life with Jesus that is exciting, that is victorious, not devoid of problems, but there's hope in the problem. There's a solution to the problem because God is with us. So here we go. So there's a statement that I have used for years and years and years that has been massively helpful to me. So God, how can I sort of put a purpose statement over my life? And this is the statement I've used for many of you who were around me, that worked with me in teams. You'll have heard me say this. This is it. That I would walk in love, believe the best, and bring out the best. If you sit with me in my early morning devotions, you will hear me say this in a regular basis. God, today, help me to walk in love, believe the best, bring out the best. It's been something that has kept me focused, has kept me on the right track. Let me say it really on those days I don't want to walk in love. On those days, I really don't want to feel, believe the best because I have discussed this 25 times already. What are we still not getting, God, about this situation? When I don't believe the best and when actually I just can't feel like I can sow into the other people because what about me, God? But it's kept me focused because God reminds me of what I have said to him in the morning. God, I want to walk in love today. I want to believe the best today. I want to bring out the best today. So I want to break it down in how we do that, because um, how do we walk in love? So God, we know from Psalm 23 and verse 6, this is a scripture I love, that surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me. You know, when we talk about walking in love, It's not something we have to try to do in our own strength. We've got a God whose unfailing love pursues us. He says, wherever you are today, my love is surrounding you. Even in the middle of that difficult trial, even with that boss situation, even with that child, even in the middle of your money difficulties, I am pursuing you and my love surrounds you. I am with you. 
If we start each day even with that thought in mind, that God's unfailing love is with me today. It's with me today. If God's love is pursuing us, we can be assured that we have got his love to help us every day. Galatians 5.22 puts it this way. The fruit of the Spirit, and in the Amplified Version, I love this, the fruit of the Spirit is the result of his presence within us, is love. The result of his presence within us. You see, I believe personally that if we are going to walk in love, we have got to pursue his presence. If we pursue his presence, the fruit of that is The fruit of that is love. But it starts with us pursuing his presence. See, I asked my dad, many of you know my dad, my mum and dad come to this church. They're hoping to be back with you next week. They've been out of it a little while because my mum's just had an operation. And uh, my dad's 84. He's just such a tremendous example to me. He's still full of faith. He's still full of excitement about life. Occasionally, when we have birthdays, talks about this could be my last one. And I'm like, Dad, you've been saying that for the last four years and you're still here. Stop saying it. He does, but he is still full of faith. And I said to him recently, Dad, can you just share with me what has kept you so full of God through all that you have gone through? And he used this scripture Um, without hesitation, which is Jude and verse 21. And it says this, keep yourself in the love of God. I'm like, my dad, without hesitation, could say that. And I thought, I'm going to adopt that. I'm going to carry on this tradition through the, the Roberts family, although I'm a turner now. The Roberts family, keep yourself in the love of God. There's, there's a, a responsibility on us to keep ourselves in the love of God. You see, do I get up every morning and feel like being loving? Do you? Let's be honest here. Come on, we're friends here. Do we feel like being loving every single morning? No. Do I feel like showing love at the end of a busy, busy day when I am really tired and my brain is on overload and I'm like, I just want to go home and put... Um, Grey's Anatomy on and eat chocolate and do all the wrong things. Do I feel like keeping myself in the love of God? But there's a reason that Jude encouraged us to do that because the benefit of doing that is I'm less grumpy. (laughs) I'm more tolerant. I am more like Jesus would want me to be. But it's not because of what what God wants. It's because God knows that's best for Julie Turner. If I determine that no matter how I feel, it's a choice, I am going to keep myself in God's love. So how do I do that? So that's why this settee's here. That's why this coffee table's here. I'm sorry, Joanne. I'm just, just going to move it. I'm just going to wreck the whole... Illustration here. In a morning, particularly those mornings. Whoa, that light's bright. (laughs) Particularly on those mornings when I just don't feel very loving. I just determine it could be five minutes, could be ten minutes. May not be first thing in the morning. 
for you who've got young children, it ain't going to happen at five o'clock in the morning, is it? Because the kids are up. But when you can, throughout the day, in an evening, whenever is your time, just sit there, unload to a God who says, I love you. I get my Bible out. I get my U version out, whatever way you do it. Do you know what? Often I just go to the thought for the day and I reflect on that. This was in my Bible a few weeks ago. Keep yourself in the love of God. And I just sat there. God, today, would you help me keep myself in your love? Would you help me to be everything you want me to be in this day? You know, as I do that, I always remember to say thank you. Psalm 100 tells us that the password to God's presence is thank you. The password to keeping in his presence is thank you. You know, I I felt really tired yesterday. I have to be honest, it's been a very, very busy season. And last night, I just had to sit and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And in the middle of my saying thank you, my tiredness started to shift from an overwhelming sense of how great God is. It was nothing nothing mystical, nothing major. It was just breathing, just being with God, just sitting. We complicate it, don't we? God, I haven't got 20 minutes to sit with you. Well, just sit for two minutes. Do you know there's been times... Not because I work at the church office, but before I worked at the church office, I worked at the miners' offices on Berry Hill in Mansfield. And sometimes, you know what? If I was starting to feel overwhelmed, I used to go and sit on the loo. <laughs> Be it. Ladies, we are friends here, aren't we? Men, you probably can't do this, but I used to just sit there and say, God, I am struggling today. Help me to keep myself in your love. Help me. In those moments, you start feeling like you're not being loving or kind. Is that okay? Is that okay to say this to us? We overcomplicate it. Just come back to sitting in God's love. Secondly, one of the things that I think is important as well as keeping in God's love is believing the best. You could say this another way, but it doesn't help. My purpose statement, but another way would be, I'm going to renew my mind daily. (laughs) I'm going to believe the best over this day. I'm going to forget all the rubbish of yesterday. Because do you know what? Sometimes when you sit in God's presence, you you sometimes think of everything you've done wrong, don't you? I, I don't know if you're like that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that yesterday. Oh, I need to apologize to my husband for what I did or... And you can become overwhelmed by those thoughts of condemnation when actually all God wants is a, I'm sorry, let's move on. Try not to do it again, but believe the best over this day. I can't change yesterday. You know, many of us here have messed up. None of us are perfect. None of us are. But God, all he says was for this day, forget the former things. Today, renew your mind. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Believe the best over this day. So you have to practice that as well. You have to practice this as well. 
So what is our confessions about our day? So here are the, some of the things that have helped me. So I have got a, a daily declaration list. I'm not trying to lay this on you. This is something that I've helped me. And in those seasons when I know I need to renew my mind, I go to my list and say, what do I need? What promise of God do I need to stand on for this day? Because I don't want to stand on anything of Julie Turner. I want to stand on what God says about me. Because you may see yourself as unworthy, as not being able to believe the best, as you, you can't believe the mess I've made in my life. Why could I have anything good to give But God says, when you give your life to me, I'm going to replace the old for new. I'm going to give you joy instead of mourning. I have got something that's wonderful for your life. So I want to stand on that. You see, people in your world may tell you that you're never going to amount to anything. People in your world may say, you are just useless, or you're rubbish, or you're an idiot, or you're stupid. But I want to say, what does the word of God say about you? And that's what I want to stand on. So these are some of the things I go to. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13 says, I'm the head and not the tail. So that means in every situation, I'm above it and not beneath it. Philippians, verse four, uh, Philippians 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, in those days, all of this with Arena 2020 and GDPR, I have had to get in my little place with God and say, God, you're going to have to help me with this. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. But what I do know is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It leads me on to Psalm 5 and verse 12, which says, your favor surrounds me like a shield. I believe for this day, God, your favor is with me. Do you know what? That even leads me to the point of when I get in a car park and I can never find a space, I trust God to find me a car park. Josh says to me, "Um, does God really be bothered about your parking space? And I'm like, yes, God is bothered about my car car parking space. I believe that favour surrounds me everywhere I go. (laughs) 2 Timothy verse 1, 17 says, but God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and power and self-control. These are scriptures. I have many more. You're welcome to have them. I've got them in a type list. If it would help you, just email me, Julie at Arena Church. You're welcome to have them. But there's scriptures that I stand on on a regular basis. I have to renew my mind. We all have to do it. I have no doubt, Stephen and Alini, your campus pastors are not perfect and have to do this on a regular basis. What does the word of God say about you? That's what we've got to stand on every day. Believe in the best over our lives. So a practical application of this. Um, Chris and I, we, uh, we, go, we endeavor to go skiing every year. It's something we love to do. And we've gone now... Josh and Jordan, who are our son and daughter, um, we went when they were first tiny, so we've been going a lot, a lot of years. One year, we went skiing, and um, for those of you who know skiing, it's sort of green runs are the easy ones and blues are the next, okay. Red's a little bit more difficult, and black is like, don't go there unless you know what you're doing or you're going to die. So black are the really like steep runs, 
So one year we go skiing and, uh, you know, we, I'm feeling more confident. I'm thinking, yeah, I've got this down. I can do this, you know, and probably getting a bit too cocky. And Chris says, there's a black run there. Do you fancy having a go? And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I've got it. We go through this tunnel because you can't see this black run. First mistake there, did not know how bad because some blacks don't look too bad. We got out the other side of this black run and it is probably, I am looking like that. And I am stood at this top of this black run thing, right? Take me now, Jesus. I am going to die. It, honestly, I have never been so scared in all my life. And this was several years ago. So this was probably before I practiced a little bit more of what I'm talking to you about. I was angry at Chris. I was like, he's took me on this black run. And I am not very happy about this. And in that moment, my head went everywhere. So All I did was, I thought, that's it. So I actually took my skis off and shuffled (laughs) down down this thing because everything within me was thinking negative and wrong and not good thoughts. Okay, now, last, several months ago, back in March, we went skiing again. Now, Chris knows now, do not take Julie on black runs. It's a given now, we don't do it, okay? But also, there's something when you're skiing called moguls which are like little humps. They're very difficult, unless you know what you're doing. We go again, Chris, come encouraging me into the more. He always encourages me into the more, which is fantastic until you do something that you're scared stiff at. We go, come on, let's go on that over there. It's a red, you'll be all right. It's not black, it's okay. I go on it, we get on it, and it's moguls. Now, everything within me initially wanted to react and say, I have told you before, I am not doing this, and I'm... In that moment, I had a choice to make. (laughs) Am I going to get angry with my husband because I'm now on a run that I'm scared stiff at? Or am I going to just practice what I am talking to you about? So I stood there and in that moment, I made a choice. God, your favor surrounds me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My husband, who loves me so much, stood at the back of me, watched me, made sure I was encouraged me every step of the way. And I made it down. (laughs) I ain't doing it again, but I made it down. (laughs) The point being, at that point, when everything went pear-shaped in my head, I had a choice to make. Either I'm going to get angry at my husband, or I stand on the word of God. And the difference was we came out of the bottom of that run. I felt proud of myself. Me and my husband were still very much in love. We'd not fell out. And we had a great day. But if I'd have gone to what Julie Turner wanted to do several years ago, like I did when I was at the top of that black run, it would have gone hideously wrong on that day. I had a choice to make. Do I want to stand on the word of God or do I want to react like every emotion inside me wants to react? It's a very simple illustration. But one of the reasons that we promote small groups in Arena Church is because we want everybody to know God, but we want everybody to find freedom. We believe we do that in a context of a small group. It's difficult to be able to talk to each other and share some of the things we're struggling with on a Sunday. Stephen can't get round everybody on a Sunday to do that. But in a context of a small group, that's where we can get together and say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Would you pray with me? Would you help me? We're there for each other. So if, you, if you're not in a small group, can I encourage you to, to look at that? And finally, so it's walk in love, 
believe the best. I believe the third thing for me that has kept me is to bring out the best. Bring out the best. In Arena Church, we look at this as we're going to make a difference. We want to leave a legacy in others that we have made a difference. You see, we bring out the best when we every day live with purpose to those around us. And I am not going to live selfishly. And this day, I am going to do my best to feed others, to train others, to help others, to be there for others. It's nothing major. You, you know, you, it, it could just be God in this day, who do I need to encourage? You know, God often reminds me in my little devotional time, who has mentioned to me, hey, would you remember me on Thursday? I'm at the hospital. Or would you remember me on Wednesday? I've got a difficult situation I'm dealing with. And I try and write it in my diary so I don't forget. But sometimes if I don't, if I do forget, it's like God reminds me. I'll sit there and oh, I need to send a text to Adam. I know he's not that Adam's got anything wrong, but Adam, or I need, I need to send a text to Paul. I, I, I need to just be there for somebody. A, a simple text. And one of the other things I've started doing recently now, I'm in a different season, is baking more. You know, yesterday my daughter's busy painting her house, getting it done. I just got up early. I'm going to bake a cake for them today. They all were celebrating this little chocolate cake. Me can make chocolate cake. I'm amazed, let alone anybody else. But just to be able to just, hey guys, in the middle of your busyness, have a piece of cake. It's just something simple. It doesn't need to be difficult. But we encourage everybody. You see, that's why we encourage everybody to go through growth track. Growth track isn't just a four-step process that we talk about. It's a heart-to-heart thing. We say, hey, in Arena Church, none of us, you know, we haven't discovered everything and we haven't concluded everything, but together we want everybody to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose and make a difference. And how we do that is over the next four weeks, We put tools in your hand to say, what has God gifted you with? What is God asking for you to do in this season? Because the Bible tells us that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. As I reach out to say hi to somebody else, I believe God reaches out and refreshes me. The world of the generous, the Bible puts it, gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You see, God's called us to a life that just isn't about me, but it's called us to a life that is reaching beyond ourselves. You know, hey, what about just starting in your home? How can I make a difference, God, in my home today? You know, it's sometimes easy, isn't it, all of us, to be loving and caring outside the home. What about starting in the home? With my husband today, God, how can I bless him more? How can I be that Proverbs 31 woman? God, you've called me to be with my children. How can I show them I love them? How can I train them? How can I make a difference in their life today? Start there. At my workplace, how can I be a good example? How how, how can I, you know, just just even carrying a, a care for you. Hey, I've noticed you're not doing so good at the moment. Is there anything I can help you with? Just start there. It doesn't need to be complicated. 
You see, I believe these three statements have kept me focused. I, I declare them regularly. They just remind me of being, guys, not perfect. Hey, hand up here. Not perfect at all. But they just remind me that when I walk in love, it starts with a God focus. When I believe the best, I'm renewing my mind daily. And when I bring out the best, I am making a difference to leave a legacy in other people. Come on, let's pray together.